2: Hey guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about Buzzsprout. I know that if you're a podcast junkie like I am, you probably have thought about starting your own podcast before. I know that can be a little daunting, but if you have the right help, it's not that hard. And Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. We've been using Buzzsprout since day one and cannot not recommend it enough. So if you're interested and you have that itch to start a podcast, make sure and follow the link in our show notes. And Buzzsprout will be able to help you and guide you along the way. Now, let's get back to the show. Hey, Chargers fans. Welcome into another episode of the Guilty as Charged podcast. I am Steven. I am your host. With me, as always, is Jason. Jason, you can tell me how you're doing, but I also want to know how and when are you going to go see Lord of the Rings now that it's going back into theaters?
1: Uh, I would now.
2: (laughs) If it was out now,
1: we wouldn't be doing this podcast, Steven. We would be... We would be on Zoom on our phones or something, and we would just be staring at a Lord of the Rings screen is what we would be doing. <laughs> so um, the second they announce it, honestly, like, they say, hey, it's on. It's 1.30 uh, in the morning, and uh, we have Lord of the Rings on. I'd be like, Psh, I'm out. Let's go. I'm trying to go watch that.
2: Man, I remember as a little kid, uh, I was too young to go see the midnight premieres of the Fellowship of the Ring and Aww. Twin Towers, But I went to the midnight premiere um, of Return of the King with my older brothers and it was just it was an insanely awesome experience. And there's nothing like going to a midnight premiere and and seeing a movie like right when it opens out. Right. I did
1: that with Endgame, which made it better than it actually was. Well, that's another topic.
2: (laughs) So we do have a very fun episode today. We're going to do. Uh, basically, a mock draft of uh, the Chargers, all 22. So, Jason and I are, are going to go through and basically draft 11 players each, you know, with the idea in mind that we're drafting these players for like a scrimmage against each other and also keeping in mind the long term, you know, age and contract and, and kind of doing like a franchise Madden mode as well. Uh, but I do want to start off, you know, there has been some NFL news around the league and it has been reported. That the Ravens and the Seahawks are both interested in signing Antonio Brown or <laughs> Josh Gordon. Um, I don't know how realistic either one of those are, but the idea of Antonio Brown on the Ravens is kind of terrifying. Jason, what do you make of those those rumors?
1: If they could keep Antonio Brown under control, I could see the Ravens going after him being dangerous. Like, that would yeah. be dangerous. And, you know, that speculation has always been there because Marquise Brown is related to Antonio Brown, I believe. Uh, I think they're cousins. So, like, that's always been a bit of speculation ever since Marquise Brown was drafted to the Ravens. Um, As for the Seahawks, you know, if you want a, a culture that can keep a player under control, I think the Seahawks are the ones that are probably best suited for that. I don't know that it would be smart. For either team to go after Antonio Brown, because man, at the end of the day, it's just a headache, right? And I don't know that Antonio Brown is is a player that would get the Ravens over the like over to the Super Bowl. Like maybe he would, um, but the Ravens, I like their receiving core. I like their players. Their offense is very run-oriented. So right. it's like, how much does Antonio Brown help that style of offense? I'm not sure. Yeah, um,
2: it doesn't really feel like the Ravens are a wide receiver away from being, you know. They were the one seed last year, so clearly, like, they're doing something right. And they had a great offseason already. So I don't really understand why the Ravens are doing that. I totally understand why the Seahawks are going after right. a receiver, potentially. I mean, you the, know, give Russell Wilson another weapon and... You know, they are chasing the 49ers. They played them very tough last year. They had a very good season. But, you know, the 49ers are have quietly built a, a powerhouse over there in the NFC West. Yeah. The only like.
1: The only thing that the Ravens like are one step away from, like in terms of like what position I think could get them to the Super Bowl. They're not a wide right receiver away They're Earl Thomas not running away from Derrick Henry away. Right. So it's like, I think the Ravens just need, there's a lot of factors that play into winning a Super Bowl. It's not just team talent. Uh, sometimes you just get lucky. Sometimes you have a good day. Sometimes you have a bad day. I don't think the Ravens had that much to improve on. I just think they need to have a good day in the playoffs. That's what I think they need. But as for the Seahawks, I think they'd be better suited to go after Josh Gordon than Antonio Brown. I love the Seattle Seahawks receiving core already, you know, with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. It's a good duo. So if and it's you a really good duo, if you add Josh Gordon to that, and I'm sure if C- if a Seahawks fan ever listens to this, they'll be like, well, what about Albert Isaiah Brown, our our, our <laughs> third red receiver? He's he's so good. Look at his last three games of 20- I mean, twenty. Every team does it, but. um right. I think Josh Gordon would be a good addition there. He didn't elevate the team like phenomenally last year. Was it last year? When is it was J- last year. Josh Gordon is on and off so much that I forget.
2: Yeah. But I think he would compliment their already receiving core because right. you yeah, have DK Metcalf who's like the jump ball intermediate guy. Tyler Lockett's the, the speedy slot guy. And so Josh Gordon is a deep threat. Like I, th- I thought that he complimented them well last year, and I think DK Metcalf is going to take a big step forward this year in terms of efficiency and, and right. just overall impact. So Josh Gordon would be interesting. Obviously, he's familiar with that team. You, just, you never know with Josh Gordon if he's going to be able to stay a whole season with your team if you get him for three weeks or six weeks or whatever the case may be. Um, Antonio Brown... Like, if I'm the Ravens, I'm not touching Antonio Brown because I have a great locker room. I have a very stable head coaching situation. I've got my franchise quarterback. And, and could offensively and talent-wise, he, he would be an upgrade for sure. You know, he's one of the best receivers of all time. But, you know, I, I think the days of him being a, a steady presence in the locker room are gone. And like you mentioned, you know, the Ravens just had, had to have a good day. and They... I can't see them losing more than four games this year. They never leave the East coast. The furthest they travel is to Cincinnati and their schedule is set up perfectly. They have had a great offseason with the additions of Calais Campbell and Patrick queen and uh, JK Dobbins, who I really like. So you know, I think the Ravens are set. I don't think that they're a receiver away, but you know, I guess we'll see. I can't imagine that they would sign either of them until they actually get into training camp. So would So,
1: okay, this is probably, I know the answer to this question. If the Chargers had the opportunity to sign Antonio Brown for like a cheap prove-it deal, like I'm talking like seven, eight million, would you do it?
2: I would consider it. You know, it's similar to, you know, obviously different kind of circumstances, but Similar to the Colin Kaepernick thing, I would absolutely be okay with bringing him in for a workout and scene and making sure.
1: So, you know, I, here I'm going to go a little bit further with this. You have the opportunity to sign Antonio Brown with the not like the knowledge you can see into the future in this in this scenario. You're you have magic powers. Um, <laughs> you you know 100 that he will play the full season for the Chargers if you sign him. You are guaranteed that he will play the full season but you are also guaranteed that throughout the season he is just going to be an absolute nuisance he is going to be just complaining about his helmet he's going to be throwing fits on the sideline he's going to be punching his locker in the locker room he's going to be calling his head coach names or whatever and he's going to be on his phone in the locker room he's going to be making everybody pissed off but you are guaranteed that he will play a full season
2: i would still say no you know it's just for me, like the the player has to fit within the culture in the locker room that the team is building and and you know, I would rather have those valuable reps go to K J Hill and Joe Reed. Right. So in the Charger situation I would not do that. If I'm the Seahawks and I know that I'm getting Antonio Brown for the full season then absolutely because you know that Antonio Brown is not gonna come and ruin the culture, whereas the Chargers are trying to build a new culture. So I think that is where I would get hung up on is the fact that you know everything in Los Angeles right now is new and I don't want to start off this new era of Chargers football by bringing in this guy that's going to you know be a nuisance and and <laughs> he would be a hard knocks again and that would just be a disaster waiting to happen so. I would do it. I you think would? it would How be come? funny. You think it'd be funny? I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs>
1: I in fact I wish Philip Rivers was still on the Chargers and that they would do this. I want to see Antonio Brown to the Colts. I want to see him play with Philip Rivers. I want to see what happens there. I That's want to actually see, a really good idea. I want to see Philip Rivers and Antonio Brown go at it. I want to see them just like taking sh- like swinging at each other on the field. I'm right. ready for it. That would be a great. That would be an interesting fit actually. And the
2: Colts are very similar to the Seahawks. Like they have a very. You know, stable and established culture there already.
1: Right, right. But for the Chargers, I just think it would be fun. I want to see Anthony Lynn chewing out Antonio Brown.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Anthony Lynn would stand up more, stand up to him more so than John Gruden did. Because John Gruden's very uh, player-friendly, whereas Anthony Lynn's like, I'm not going to take any crap. Oh, I need to see it now.
1: I need to see Anthony Lynn <laughs> just lose his crap on Antonio Brown. I like... I want to see Anthony Lynn just basically just, like, I want to see his entire body just clench and just,
2: like, start screaming at Antonio Brown. Yeah. Dream
1: scenarios, everybody. Dream scenarios.
2: So if you get them for the full season on the Chargers, would you rather have Gordon or Antonio Brown? Gordon. I like Gordon. I think same. I think. Yeah. Gordon has his legal issues, but, you know, with the new CBA, maybe they would kind of lesson but i think similar to the seahawks i think josh gordon would really complement what the chargers have at receiver yeah
1: but josh gordon's not allowed to hang out with keenan allen or kj hill or joe (laughs) stay away from (laughs) (laughs) don't get our guys suspended that's the deal
2: (laughs) it's certainly an interesting thing to watch and and you know like i said i can't imagine these things or these signings would happen before training camp so At this point, I'm pretty sure that the NFL season is going to happen. You know, it's just a matter of if there are fans or not. You know, the the coronavirus is not going away um, anytime soon, it seems like. But I I still think that the NFL is going to do their best to make the season happen. And, you know, it's going to be a shame because that new stadium is so nice. And, you know, I don't think that anyone's going to be sitting in the stands in that stadium this season. Just put... Like little robot mannequins in the stands. Well, that's what the Korean baseball. league was doing. They had like mannequins in the stands, and they, they pump crowd were... noise. Yeah, that's funny.
1: So the Falcons would have no change. <laughs> It'd just be another game in Atlanta.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we get to say that kind of joke <laughs> personally, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> the they, charters... ca- they don't they don't they pump
1: crowd noise. Didn't they get caught for that? Like, oh yeah, yeah, bench? you're right.
2: You're right, they do. Which is so funny because Atlanta seems like such a a good sports town, but very passionate uh, fan base. Yeah, so we'll see. We're all hoping for the best, and you know, we do encourage everyone listening to wear your mask in public and do your part. Uh, I'm not trying to sound all preacher or anything like that. I'm just trying to make sure that we have we have sports. You know, Major League Baseball is coming back, the NBA is coming back. So, you know, I'm just trying to make sure that we are all on the same page here just go off the grid guys just go live in the mountains yeah if you have a cabin in the mountains go for it oh i
1: want a cabin in the mountains i would never (laughs) leave it would just be my home
2: so yeah so for those who don't know jason's ideal life is just living in the cabins on his own and no social disturbances at all
1: my dream life is that of like ron swanson (laughs) we have the same passions him and i
2: Oh, man, that's that's hilarious. Give me all the bacon that you have. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so if you're into Parks and Rec, you'll understand that, left reference or not. Uh, so let's get into our drafting all 22 of the Chargers. What we're going to do, Jason and I have agreed that we are going to each take two offensive linemen and two defensive linemen and then surround them with skill players. And so we're going to each take five offensive picks and each five defensive picks. And then we get one wildcard pick that can be either side. So it'll kind of just depend on on how that team is going. Uh, We are going to just start with alphabetical order. So Jason is going to start us off. Jason, who is going to be your first pick?
1: Dang it. I was really hoping you went first, honestly, so that you can make the hard decision for me. So um, there was a debate going on on Twitter a while ago where if you could – pick one position to where that position is like what you build your franchise around and it can't be quarterback, what would it be? And a lot of the answers were edge rusher, but I saw some really good data from the person who posted it that wide receiver would actually be the position that they would build around. And that had me really interested in how that works. And it's just, well, uh, just getting somebody out, open with that kind of separation of building an offensive scheme around that player is a very valuable thing. And it helps out whatever quarterback you get, whether it's an elite guy or whether it's a average guy like Case Keenum, when he had Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen,
0: That's like, yeah.
1: a big deal. It is a big deal. So a part of me does want to go receiver here because that is my favorite player on the team is Keenan Allen. But then I look across the ball and I see Joey Bosa and I'm just like, Ugh. And then I see Derwin James. I'm just like, ugh.
2: Right. <laughs> and
1: um, I think here I'm going to make the smart decision. I think, I think I just talked myself into it because there's two players on defense I really want. But the Chargers offense, there's one guy that stands out, and that's Keenan Allen. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to draft Keenan Allen. Okay. He stands like out. It. There's nobody on the offense that is quite his level, so I'm going to go that route.
2: You know, that is definitely surprising. I figured we would both take quarterbacks first, but you know, I would be really interested in seeing some of that data that you mentioned with the receiver being valuable. And I totally understand it because if you have, you know, better receivers and, and better weapons around a quarterback, then you could make life easier for that person. So that being said, you know, we are doing a snake draft, so I'm going to get two picks right here uh, back to back. So I'm going to take Justin Herbert with my first pick. Because I think, you know, with the long-term potential at quarterback there, you know, I'm hoping that that potential pans out. And so I'm going to take the future franchise quarterback. And then second, I'm going to go with Austin Eckler. Uh, You know, every young quarterback needs a security blanket. Every young quarterback needs someone that he knows uh, he can trust to make the right play. And since you took Keenan Allen, I'm going to take the next best thing on the Chargers' offense in terms of uh, reliability and being a security blanket, and Austin Eckler. And uh, I'm going to give Justin Herbert some, you know, just some some comfort to have his one of the better players on offense around him. So, Jason, you'll pick your second, the pick number four, and then your third pick back to back here. All right, you made this a lot easier on me.
1: I get to take. Joey Bosa and Derwin James. There you go. That is who I'm going with here. That's really a no-brainer for me. I got my offensive guy. I was planning on getting at least one of those two, and Joey Bosa or Derwin James. I get to take both. I'm I'm pretty happy about it. I like that.
2: Yeah, you, know, you you played the game your way, and you know I think with the Charger situation at quarterback, you know I think that probably was a little smarter than what I decided to do. But you know I'm gonna get my next pick here. Uh, I'm gonna go with Kenneth Murray, actually. God, why? You know, I, I I first thought about Melvin Ingram, but you know he's up there in age, so the long term fit there. You know, there's some questions, and you know he might not even be a Charger next year. So, uh, give me Kenneth Murray, the quarterback of the defense for the future, along with Derwin James, and a guy that is gonna be able to. You know, just be that eraser of the middle linebacker spot that the Chargers have been missing for, you know, as long as I've been a fan. So, with my next pick, I'm going to make sure that my franchise quarterback is protected. And I'm going to take Trey Turner. You know, I thought about Brian Balaga here, but Balaga, again, is older. So, I'm a little bit worried about that. And his injury history is... I think it's a little overstated, but it's hard to ignore. And so for that reason, I'm going to take Trey Turner, who is the second best offensive lineman on the team. And I think he has at least six, seven years left of playing at a high level. You know, he's only 26, I believe, or 27. So long-term-wise, I think he's a better, uh, he has a more untapped potential left in him than Brian Balaga does.
1: So I'm gonna go with a little bit of risk here. I've taken three young players so far: in Keenan Allen, Derwin James, and Joey Bosa. So I am gonna go Brian Bulaga here. I'm gonna go a little bit older. Uh, I want to. I want somebody that could buy time for Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen is a master at getting open, uh, but to get those intermediate to deep routes and under, uh, make them manageable, is what I'm trying to say here. I'm gonna take Brian Bulaga. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to strengthen my defense, and I'm going to take Casey Hayward and get that true number one corner that can cover the number one receiver while Joey Bosa gets home and Derwin James roams around. So, so far I'm sitting with Keenan Allen, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Brian Buglaga, and Casey
2: Hayward. All right, so there's your first five. Um, This is a tough spot, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of deciding right now between Chris Harris and Desmond King, honestly. I think, you know, with the Kenneth Murray pick, I want to beef up the secondary like you just did with Casey Hayward. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Chris Harris long-term, but, you know, he is the starting slot corner at this point over Desmond King. So I'm going to go, or do I want to go with Melvin right here? That's a tough one, actually.
1: That is a tough one.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go with Melvin Ingram, actually. You know, similar to Chris Harris, I think he has a little bit of a concern long-term. But he plays the more valuable position as an edge rusher. So my first five are Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Kenneth Murray, Trey Turner, and Melvin Ingram. Jason has Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Brian Balaga, and Casey Hayward. So, I think in the next couple of picks here, Jason's going to take one of the other quarterbacks. You're not going to take Easton Stick, are you?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) It's just you already took Justin Herbert. So, unless you're trying to annoy me, I've got Tyrod in
2: the books. Yeah, you're right. I should have waited for Justin Herbert, but you live and you learn, Jason. So, with with my sixth pick here, and then you'll take your sixth and seventh. With my sixth pick, right here I'll go with Chris Harris. You know, I want to get someone that is a versatile secondary player. I do believe that Desmond King is going to bounce back, but, you know, I think he presents more risk long-term than Chris Harris does because I think Chris Harris has taken that job. So, I'm going to go with Chris Harris. And pair him with Melvin Ingram and Kenneth Murray. Give me some a good balance of youth and experience and versatility on the defensive side of the football right now. So, Jason, you'll take your sixth and your seventh picks right here. Uh, who are you gonna go with? Hmm. So, for my
1: fourth defensive player here, I am going to go with Desmond King. You got Chris Harris. I'm going to take another one of the premier slot corners before his drop-off. I'm going to bet on him, and I'm taking Desmond King. I I have the Derwin James on the other side, so now off-tackle is set. I'm good to go. That's two very good run defenders on the edges there. So I'm pretty confident in that. And now I feel like my linebacking core is a little barren, and... But I'm going to go the other way here and I'm going to solve two problems at once. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. And for my fifth defensive player, I'm going to take Uchenna and Wosu.
2: Okay. And because he he's got some versatility and
1: play both he linebacker can, and edge rusher. He's going to be my edge guy, opposite of Joey Bosa, but he can also drop there and play Sam Backer when I need him to. So now my defense is done. All I got left is offense to go.
2: There you go. So I'm gonna go with the other Chargers linebacker who I think is gonna be a breakout player this year, and Drew Tranquil. Um, he's gonna be my seventh pick. Pair him along with Kenneth Murray, Melvin Ingram, Chris Harris. I think that's a fine start to the defense. And then, man. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Hunter Henry here at number eight. Oh yeah, boy, I'm not crazy about his injury history, but you know, similar to you taking Desmond King, I'm going to bet on him. And you know, I think, you know, giving Justin Herbert the best pass-catching running back and a, and a top-tier tight end, I think that's the way to go. With, you know, you want to make sure that you get the most out of Justin Herbert, and I think that is that is a solid pick. So offensively. I have my quarterback, I have uh, Austin Eckler, I have one offensive lineman and Hunter Henry. So you get now picks number eight and nine. So
1: I need one I need one thing really bad, which is a running back. Uh, now I have two choices here. I could go Justin Jackson, who I have a lot of faith in that he he could be a great running back. but I'm gonna take Joe Reed here. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up this theme of versatility, right? We only have eleven picks. I need versatility everywhere I can get it. So I'm gonna go grab Joe Reed to switch between that receiver two and that running back roll. And for my next pick, which will be my fourth offensive player taken, I'm going to take Dan Feeney. Nice. Now, I was really impressed with Dan Feeney when I went back and re-watched him. And I think if Dan Feeney gets the opportunity to actually play right guard, because you took Trey Turner next to Brian Bulaga, that's going to give him a very good presence to play next to. And when Dan Feeney has a, a solid chemistry with the player next to him, He's got some potential, man. He's, he's looking real good, especially early on the season when he was with uh, Pouncing next to him, despite Trent Scott on his left. So I'm going to bet on Dan Feeney here.
2: Yeah, expanding on Dan Feeney a bit, I think he was arguably the team's best offensive lineman. Not arguably, I think he was the team's best offensive lineman uh, for the first few games, and then you know, everything kind of went to crap once Mike Pouncey got hurt and he had to mess with the chemistry and then he had to go back and play center and then back to left guard. So I agree with you. I think Dan Feeney is very solid. I think he's going to have a very good year. So I'm right now debating between two offensive linemen. Uh, One is Trey Pipkins and the other is Scott Questenberry. So, and I know some people are going to be like, well, Mike Pouncey, I am a big believer in Scott Questenberry. And so he's going to be my pick. I think he he presents enough upside and stability for the future that I think this is a solid pick. And, you know, you want to have a good interior t- these days to, to avoid teams like the Chiefs who have uh, Chris Jones and things like that or Aaron Donald. You want to avoid giving interior pressure more so than anything. And so Scott Questenberry and Trey Turner gives me some good upside and good reliability for the future that I feel good about that. So... I need uh I need a defensive lineman and then I have one wild card spot. So I'm gonna go with Linva Joseph as my second defensive lineman. You it's know, with I Melvin Ingram. Other,
1: it's like a, it's cause I took the better guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so with Melvin Ingram and Linval Joseph Obviously they're older guys And then I have the younger linebackers behind them But I think with Linval and Melvin Ingram You have a very good against the run Defensive front uh, With enough enough pass rushing And uh, selfish plug here I am putting out a Linval Joseph Breakdown on Patreon So th- we are recording this Wednesday And the breakdown is going to be going up tomorrow So if you're listening to this, please go and check out my Linval Joseph breakdown on our Patreon account. So, Jason, getting back to this, you have your last two picks, 10 and 11, and then I'll wrap it up with my last pick. So I got to go with my guy Tyrod Taylor here. Yes. I
1: I can't avoid it, right? Um, But I want him anyway. You know, I want him on my team. And I need somebody to throw Keenan Allen the ball. And I need somebody for Brian Bulaga to protect. Otherwise, this is all pointless. <laughs> um, so I'm going to take to Rod Taylor here, and I think he really fits with the team I've built so far. And for my last one, I'm a little torn. There's, there's two players I really want to take here. First one is Nasir Adderley for that versatility between playing free safety and corner. And then Mike Williams. Mike Williams is still on the board here. Yes, and it is. would feel like an absolute crime to not take him. But if I go get Nasir Adderley, I then have really, like the guys I love in our secondary being Desmond King, Casey Hayward, Derwin James, and then Nasir Adderley. And that's a very good defensive backfield right there. Um, so I'm a little torn right here. And oh, it's it's such a hard decision to make. I have Joe Reed here. He can flip between running back and receiver. But I think I'm going to go this route instead. And I'm going to take Justin Jackson here. Whoa. And that is, one, it gives me a rotation at running back. And two, it frees up Joe Reed to play more receiver. There you Um, go. And it's going to add a little bit more of that gadget ability in the backfield. And, you know, I could see some fun end arounds happening with Joe Reed and Justin Jackson together, you know, fake one way with Justin Jackson or even hand it off to him and then he tosses it to Reed. You know, I just see a lot of possibilities there in the gadget game along with Tyrod Taylor. I see so much misdirection and, you know, have Joe Reed come in, play some of the pistol and have like this triple option going off. With Keenan Allen being the RPO option, I, I love it. Sign me up for this. I'm ready to go. <laughs> when do we
2: play? When do we play? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that you did not take Mike Williams because that's who I was hoping to get to round out my team. Um, I do. I am a little bit jealous of your triple option attack that you could have with Justin Jackson, Joe Reed, and Tyrod. But you know, with Justin Herbert. In mind, I gave him the team's best running back.
1: 50-50 I mean, balls galore. Let's go. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's the thing. I think Justin Herbert needs a guy like Mike Williams to to be successful. And then Hunter Henry, the tight end over the middle. And then Austin Eckler. So to sum up, Jason has Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. You know, he got the big three. I'm okay with it because I got my franchise quarterback. But, yeah, Jason definitely played the game there the right way to start out. Then he has Brian Belaga, Casey Hayward, Desmond King, Ech- Uchenna Nwosu, Joe Reed, Dan Feeney, Tyrod Taylor, or Terod Taylor, however you say it, and then Justin Jackson. And then my team is Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Kenneth Murray, Trey Turner, Melvin Ingram, Chris Harris Jr., Drew Tranquil, Hunter Henry, Scott Questenberry, Linvald Joseph, and Mike Williams. So, the Good listeners one. out there, please tweet us and let us know your thoughts, who you think Drafted the better eleven players of the Chargers. You know we're doing the all twenty-two theme here. Uh, I'm excited though. This I think the Chargers have enough good players where I think both of us got a good shakeout here. You know, like I said, I do think that you kind of you kind of worked the system there. I was thinking we would all go quarterbacks first or whatever, but you know you you did what you did. And you got the three best players on the team, arguably. Still some but good I'm, talent on the board. Yeah. Now, I think this was a cool experience, because when you really lay out the All-22 like this, like Mike Williams is one of the better second wide receiver twos in the league, and he was the last pick of the All-22. So I think the Chargers are in a good spot in terms of talent on the roster, and it was cool to see all oh, this play out like this.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely a lot of fun. And um, I didn't think I would be taking Dan Feeney today. <laughs> no, I did. So... You got Trey Turner early, so it kind of forced my hand. I took Brian Bulaga with the goal in mind of pairing him up with either one of Dan Feeney or, God forbid, Forest Lamp, because <laughs> everybody wants to go through that.
2: Yeah, I think you know. It's funny. I asked on Twitter about breakout players, and there were still two people that said Forest Lamp to the interesting.
1: Well, it <laughs> could happen. Is the funny thing, and we're just tired of it. It's still he's right. still a possibility. We right. just don't want to do it anymore, man. This is no more. Just put us out of our misery
2: or something. <laughs> you know, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I just, I think this is Dan Feeney's job, like we mentioned. But you know, in terms of his long term ability, we'll see how it plans out. But you know, I think I thought about taking Trey Pipkins at nine over Scott Quessenberry. Uh, what would you have done in in that debate between those two players? I'd pick Scott Questenberry. Because I mean, you have Trey Turner
1: there. Solidify the middle with your run game with Austin Eckler, and give Justin Herbert a little time from interior pressure. Interior pressure is far more chaotic than exterior pressure. All right, so um, I think Questenberry and Turner were a good pair. I feel like if you went Questenberry and or sorry, if you went Trey Turner and Pipkins, Pipkins isn't he didn't show as much as Questenberry did. Questenberry right. showed us enough to where we could believe he could be a starter in the future. Uh, Pipkins showed us something, so there's a there's a bit of a difference there. You know, you can balance it the way you want. Where like, while well, tackle is very important, especially in a division where you you'd be going up against Joey Bosa and Uchenna Nwosu. And so, I mean, it's all it's, it's relative to the team you're building. Uh, it might have even be, been smarter for me to go that route because of the triple option that I that I would be running. Uh, instead, I opted to go with Bulagat and Feeney, and hopefully that gives a little balance there. So I, I think I, I would have made the same decision as you and gone with Barry.
2: Sounds good, sounds good. So I was curious, you took Joe Reed earlier than I thought either of us would take him. Uh, was there any thought about K.J. Hill later on
1: there was Reed. there was the thought there, and there was the thought of Mike Williams as well. I wanted to go the route of versatility. I wanted to have a runner, and I wanted to have somebody that would pair well with Tyrod Taylor. To where if I get end arounds going or options going, Joe Reed is a good option there. And if I ended up not getting Justin Jackson and going with somebody like Nasir Adderley, or um, Mike Williams then I could have Joe Reed play running back which is just added to that versatility that I had uh, wanted to make a theme for this team
2: absolutely so that was definitely a lot of fun you know I think you know like I said like I said it, it is really cool to see all this pan out with all 22 like that uh, looking forward to seeing all these players get on the field once training camp starts and once the regular season uh, hopefully starts on time. Jason, any other thoughts before we wrap up today?
1: No, not really, man, other than I'm really really excited for how this season pans out. Obviously I won't be here to see it for reasons unknown. But <laughs> not telling. But uh I'm I'm very happy with how this team has built and it shows in this draft. I'm very happy with uh the future of this team and you know, um, when you can build two 11-man squads out of, out of this and not be disappointed in any of your picks, the team's doing something right. And I don't think anybody dismisses that the Chargers maybe have the most talented roster in the NFL. They just need to get the culture thing down. They need to get the culture down. They need to get the quarterback position down. And if those two things pan out, this team will be dangerous. And it's... You know, it's a it's a, it's taken a while to see a Chargers team this talented, and I just I need to see it. I need to see it shake out. I need to see it be successful one time through the dynasty of you know two thousand six, the early two thousands. I need to see it work. I need to see it. Otherwise, I'm just gonna cry forever, and <laughs> it'll never be. It'll never be fixed.
2: Yeah, if you look at all twenty-two players on this list, that's a lot of high-end talent that the Chargers have compiled. You know, the quarterback position really is the main thing that needs to shake out. The Chargers can definitely win a lot of games with either of these two quarterbacks. It's just a matter of how high their ceiling is as a team. You know, outside of you know the outside corner two and maybe left tackle, there aren't many other holes on the roster. There are some questions of depth, but I think the Chargers have done a really fantastic job drafting and adding players, uh, which we're really excited about. So Jason, I'll let him reveal that news or lack of news whenever he wishes to, but we are adding Alex Insdorf to the podcast, which we are really excited about. Alex has been uh, really one of the constant writers over at Bolt Beat. You know, we had him on as the Bolt Beat roundtable a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he's been writing for Bowlby for almost three years now and has always been one of the guys who is constantly turning out high-quality articles, so I'm really excited for him to be joining us. Uh, lots of exciting stuff in the works. Like I mentioned, go check out the Linvall-Joseph Breakdown. Make sure and follow us on Twitter. Jason is at Sensari13. I am at Stephen I. Haglin and at GZ podcast 17 Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time.